just me or a spider leg sort of poking at your neck now. It's horrible. Get them shaved off. Hello, everyone. Well, Brundlegav. Brundlegav. So yeah, why didn't Brundle I think Gav of that? Now. See, yeah. that's why you're the pop star, because you come up with cool things like that. I, the most I ever do when it comes to fly-related puns is go grundle fly. Ha ha, grundles are funny, aren't they? And then I move on with my day. But you actually did a thing that was pertinent. If I ever do a full death metal album, that, that could be one of the songs on it. Brundle. Brundle Gav! <laughs> I would, got I would a ring buy to five it. copies of that. I'm, I'm just very yeah. proud that for once <laughs> Gavin got introduced first. He is like, you know, I see my opportunity. I'm yeah. going to get a joke in. I'm going to I'm gonna go out in front of Laura. I will be first to be introduced this week. <laughs> I'm talking over you. Oh, <laughs> You might actually get a word in Edgeway sometime soon. Yay! <laughs> Not today, though. Not no, today. I go back to being grum. I go go back to being grumble, oh. Gav. <laughs> so yeah, that's Gavin. I'm Laura. Uh, yes. That's Gavin. Jim. We're all here. Woo. Laura, Jim. Hello, Woo. hooray! Podquisition. It's it, we're gonna have fun. Gonna have a good time. Um, speaking of fun, uh, we we it would be remiss not to uh, at least briefly touch on a man who brought a lot of fun. Uh, via uh, the medium of the Nintendos, uh, that being Satoru Iwata, who, as I think everyone knows by now, uh, passed away mm. this past weekend. Um, been a lot of touching tributes. Uh, I did a, a special Jimquisition on it, uh, which, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably... Which, which was really nice, yeah, by the way. you did a very good you, job with you. that. I was, I was very, very worried. because I, I didn't want to come across as, as you know too maudlin or, or mourning um, because mm. I did feel I, when it comes to people who pass on I feel my and I, there's no right way to deal with that kind of thing but my, my personal mm. way is often to be more celebratory of, of what mm. they were doing as, and, as yeah. when they and were I alive. think that with a water in particular that's a particularly like pertinent sentiment considering sort of his attitude towards uh, mm. all of his work he, yeah exactly like it's it's very strange like my my entire thoughts on this was it's one of those news stories that when you see it pop up, like I saw it pop up on Facebook in the Jimquisition Facebook group was the first place I saw it. And no disservice to anyone, but it's one of those stories that I just didn't believe it when I saw it. I thought this must be some kind of spoof site or something. And then I, I was like, oh, this actually happened. It's a very, very odd experience because um, our industry is a very young one. We've We've not really lost anyone on this scale before and it's... It is an experience that we've not really had before, but um, yeah, Awata, while his career was cut short, he managed to do a great many fantastic things with his career. He touched a great number of lives, and he seemed to love being a bit silly and making things that were just very fun and happy and smiley, so yeah. And just imagine, just imagine, like, if you were to count all of the smiles in the world that man caused. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine trying to like count up all the smiles around the yeah, world. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like, I looked at the years that he was president of Nintendo, and like, he's only one of two presidents they've had during the whole time they've been making video games. And mm. like, so much of the instrumental years of when I finally started buying my own video games were around the era that he started being quite influential up at the top of Nintendo. Like, um, yeah. when I sort of bought my first GameCube and. Um, like, I remember the first E3s I got excited about when the ones around the Wii's launch, and so much of where I am in my career now I have to thank Iwata for, because, like, he shaped Nintendo, and Nintendo shaped where I ended up, so just thank you. But, yeah, I mean, but, I, I but yeah, Jim, your, your tribute was, was very respectful. Mm. I thought it was very nice. I was, I was going to say, like, I never followed the 
industry side of games um, until, you know, I've been playing games for a long time. So I never really followed the business side until I started working at, at Destructoids and, and, and on from there. So in my mind, there's only ever been one president of Nintendo. In my mind, like, Satoru's just always yeah, been he, in he's charge. he's been the face as long as I can remember. Yeah, so it's, it, it is, it's still, you know, like, we're, we're halfway through the week, you know, it was... Um, uh, this past Sunday, and it's Wednesday as we record this, and it's still surreal, and it's mm. still weird, and it still seems... Because people... I know people have asked... Because um, I actually found out uh, on Sunday night, I was playing God of War 3 Remastered, and I just beat, and it was feeling triumphant and happy. Yeah. And then yeah. got um, a whole bunch of questions on Ask FM that were like... Really? What At the end of God of War 3, you felt triumphant and happy? <laughs> Fuck, what's well, yeah. wrong with you, man? Well, because <laughs> the, the horrible, mindless violence was over and I could go sniff flowers yeah. and play with puppies. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I got a whole bunch of questions on Ask FM. One was like, like, what do you think Nintendo's future's going to be? And that was such a vague statement yeah. without the context. I was about to say something really sarcastic and snotty, and then I saw the other questions and I was just progressively just, oh, what's it? Uh, oh, Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then it was that kind of free fall and then I yeah, it did was he, it but was did, weird. this is what I um was curious. Did he even make it public that he was ill? Yes, he's talked about that for a did. long time. Like he he okay. didn't in person attend the last two E3s because of health concerns. Um he, okay. we'd heard about like he'd had surgery in the last year or so. We knew that he was having health concerns, but Talking to a lot of people, nobody, nobody realised they were sort of as serious health concerns as they were. Yeah. Um, like, I think wow. that's something definitely to celebrate about about Iwata, that he, even as recently as a couple of months ago, he was, like, putting together the, um, the Nintendo Direct for E3, and even though he was not doing well, he was still putting a lot of effort into creating things that were just bringing joy to people. Yeah. Well, I think it was pointed out by a few people online that it's very telling of, of who Iwata was that one of his last public acts, mm. one of his last uh, remarkable acts, uh, was apologising to fans who were even a slightly bit disappointed at their E3 Nintendo yeah. Direct this year. Uh, mm. That was like like you know the guy is is clearly was clearly not very well, had a lot of work to do, and that was one of the last things he did was in my mind i i always you know I, I argued that i felt they did a pretty damn good presentation but people were upset and and even if you were slightly disappointed there he was saying sorry and and and, and pr promising to do better it's, it's one of those uh, things so. I'll, i i won't pretend that i don't have criticisms of nintendo as a company but mm -hmm. there there is one thing i will never fault and it is that company's aims to be about fun and innovation. And while it might not always work, they are always pushing to do something new and to do something that's going to make people smile. And I really admire that. Um, and jo joy. Yeah. Joy, I think, is a big one that they, you know, yeah, it's... they focus on a lot more than, than for example, the AAA Western scene. Well, it's like know? there are very few companies whose console I could be playing this month where it's like, well, here's a game where kirby is made out of clay and is flying through spaces and all these different things and here's a game where yoshi's made out of yarn like my wii u games i've been playing this last month have made me smile more than anything i've played on other consoles like i've enjoyed stuff on other consoles but nothing's made me smile like the recent nintendo games i've been playing and yeah 
Yeah, there was just no cynicism there mm. uh, in their in their material and in their presentations. Now, you know, as a company, Nintendo is capable of cynicism and, and has proven so, but when they're presenting just the games and they're talking about what they want to do, I do think there's just a there's a simple <coughs> purity in what they go for there. And mm. see what it was a big part of that and, and and yeah, like it's the video game industry just lost someone very special and one of the one of the few actual game executives who felt like a real fucking person mm, exactly so and it's strange because like uh, uh, social media as a young um a young medium of expression and communication like even as a even as a species we for for a species that mortality is like the one thing that is going to happen to all of us we still haven't really developed our etiquette around it yet there's no real right or wrong way to to express grief or to share grief or to share empathy towards other people's grief and i thought it was interesting seeing that on social media how basically pretty much almost everyone was very respectful about it i know know that there like there was some stuff that was pointed out to me that thankfully didn't come up in my own timeline i've apparently curated mine pretty well but and just one thing I would say is that, like, I think sometimes people get upset about other people being s- upset about celebrity. And I wouldn't, I, it was a, c- a celebrity, it's a different kind of thing. But the thing is, people who create the things that you love, it's very natural to feel a very deep connection to those people, even if you've never met them. And I think it's so, it's not cool to kind of just get mad at people over feeling this connection. Yeah. I think it's very and natural and human thing to feel, you know? You're certainly not clever for not caring mm. and showing yeah. everyone who does care how little you care. Uh, what yeah. you actually are, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you the scientific term for what you are, you're a fanny. So, <laughs> you know, don't, don't be one yeah, of them. It's- Ameri- an American fanny, like a bum, not like a British fanny, like a vag. No. Yeah, not like a good thing, like, like just a big mm. squirty anus. So yeah. yeah, it it was interesting. Like anyway. I I saw nothing but positivity in my feed and thankfully I I've, I've obviously curated mine quite well that in that case, but it was just mm. something to see just a day or two of just positive beautiful sentiments about someone who like yeah. even if I've never met Iwata myself, I have experienced so many things that he's had a hand in that like I feel his loss. I feel a loss for him not being in the world because he, I can see the places where the things he's worked on have, have impacted my life. And that's something that goes for any content creator who passes away. It's seeing how like these things that shaped my life, the person who created those can't create any more of them. And that is a sad experience. Yeah. Yeah. That, That all got very somber, didn't it? So, yeah. I think well, I think yeah. it, I think it's in it's in place this week, and I think yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think I, I'm sure a lot of the audience will will feel the I, same I way. I think so. that is an appropriate level of somberness, and possibly yeah. the right way to move on from here is to, in the spirit of a water's love of doing things that are fun and not you know just doing what we you want to do and having a bit of fun with it. We should get back into some silliness. Maybe does that sound? Yeah. Yes, we cheer we cheer you all up now. Sorry for. <laughs> That's a good way of, of making sure that us going from Iwata to talking about, you know, pissing out of our asses or shitting out of our dicks uh, isn't disrespectful. No, uh, we're doing it in memory of no. Iwata because, you know, he lo- he liked to look pensively at silly bunches of bananas. Uh, we like to talk about shit and dicks. So, you know, this is our version of pensive looking at bananas. 
Yeah, which we could also do while recording. Yeah, um, uh, for all I, yeah. you know, I am pensively looking at a bunch of bananas right now. You have no proof that I'm not. Try and prove it. Well, knowing knowing you, they're it. probably bananas dipped in like treacle and marmite and some <laughs> other unbelievably disgusting thing. And you're going to give us a running commentary on your treacle and marmite covered uh-huh. no, bananas. Nothing disgusting to eat this week. Um, that, sound, that sounds like... Um, a good title for a porno, actually. <laughs> Treacle and Marmite Covered Bananas. I'm not sure I'd watch it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Laura, you were telling me about something you'd... No, you've not got it now, but you were telling me about something you were drinking, and it knocked me fucking God, sick. okay, so this is a spoiler for my YouTube channel this week. I've got something going up on this later this week. Uh, so, you might remember recently I drank some weird fizzy drinks that were flavoured like buffalo wings and bacon. The people who make that um, have made some other fizzy drinks, and I managed to acquire a bottle of sweet corn-flavoured soda. And, spoilers, it tastes like the water out of a tin of sweet corn, so there you fucking go. Is is it fizzy? It is fizzy. Mm. Oh! It's... It is not pleasant. You will wow. go go watch Laura K Buzz on YouTube. Go look out on there. There'll be a video soon once I decide. I'm going to watch that. Once I decide that I am ready to share my pain with the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to yeah. that. I like. What's amazing corn. is that with all these it. things, there's got to be someone out there who likes this I, shit. I'm pretty sure I mean, the entire <laughs> market is people buying it because it's a novelty and buying enough that they can make their mm. friends drink it and. Buying it because wow. it's weird. Like, I think that might be the whole market for these things. Yeah. I mean, you make millions out of the irony market. I mean, how do you think this show's success? But, um, yeah. Nothing <laughs> so disgusting during recording today. I am halfway through. A, a, I will explain what this is because even Gavin in Ireland doesn't know what this is. I'm halfway through eating a three person portion of Toad in the Hole today. I'm so jealous. Which yeah. basically it is a big block of, um, of batter with some sausages just floating in it, and then you just cook it, so you have this crispy on the outside, sort of gooey still on the inside, lump, a huge brick of batter with some sausages in it somewhere. It's like a huge savoury pancake pie full of sausages. It's like, yes. it's the best thing the Midlands have ever done. Indeed. It's amazing. And- I, I opened up a three portion one of these from, from Asda and I was like, yeah, sure, three people. That's I won't feel fat eating this. And I got halfway through and I was like, oh my goodness, I am becoming everything I hate in life. <laughs> so I am soldiering on. I keep muting the mic during this recording to eat more of it. It's, uh, it is delicious, but my body is getting to the point where it's like, if you eat any more of this, you might physically turn into a toad in the hole. <laughs> that is one of those uniquely British dishes. Like, I've never seen it even referenced in America. So, like, that's... It's like, I'd, I'd have thought Gav in Ireland would have been close enough geographically he'd have at least been aware of it. Yeah, no, we do. Like, I mean, we've inherited, like, pretty much everything from British culture, but I, not that one. We have thankfully been spared this one. <laughs> Oh no, it's the best thing. It is just mm. if you are craving meat and carbs, this is the dish for you. Speaking of of inheriting each other's cultures, did you guys see the BBC trying to claim uh, Conor McGregor as British this no, week? No, I didn't. Oh, we didn't. We didn't take that one well. Now, so we didn't. No, I'm I'm sure you didn't. Um. They 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 used to do it with you too, but they've stopped doing it with you too now. And we're like, well, actually, BBC, if you want to start doing it with you too, now's a good yeah, time. Yeah, no one wants to claim credit for you. Yeah, too. so but McGregor, no, 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 the crazy ginger man beating people up and uh, waving the big green and orange and white flag around. That's that's Irish. That's very Irish. <laughs> oh goodness, we had we had some weird news this week. I I think that we should probably start off with the. The continuing saga of Arkham Knight on PC. 
Have you, have you heard the still, newest piece of news on this? this? Still a fucking so thing. there's two parts to this piece of news. So the first part is Warner Brothers have revised their internal review policy for QA on PC titles and are stating that as a result of this review, Arkham Knight piece, uh, uh, the, the PC port of Arkham Knight won't be released on Steam until autumn of this year. Until which the fall. Just which just makes it like any other Warner Brothers PC release. Yeah, because that's yeah. incredible. I, mean, I've I definitely believe them. Do you believe them? Uh, oh, I I've seen, definitely I've seen believe people them. Who have suggested something, and I don't know if it's true, but it wouldn't be the most crazy thing in the world. Is that this is how they got away with not saying that the PC port is delayed by six months from the console port? It's like, no, the PC port was day and date. We just had to take it <laughs> offline and wait six months. It wasn't a six-month was... delay on release date. It's a yeah. cute idea. I don't think they'd have taken the tank to their reputation to do it. But no, it's a fun but... but it has worked out sublimely. Yes. But that's basically what they ended. They ended up with the delay that they normally do anyway, and just and the Wikipedia sunk page a big says that it was day and date, so it's fine for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other piece of this news that I thought was perhaps more interesting is that yeah, some people kept Arkham Knight on their PC because for them it was working fine. There's no reason to delete it. Yeah. Now, what you'll probably be upset to hear, Gavin, if you haven't heard this yet, is that, you know, all that DLC that's coming out in the next few months for Arkham oh, Knight. Yeah, I, he I heard yeah, about that. Yeah, that's not yeah. coming out until the game's back on Steam, so... Fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because the sixth large patch came out is coming out this week for The Witcher, so I'm, I'm okay for the moment. <laughs> that's all right for you, but, like, I... Yeah. It's, it's kind of annoying that like they waited till this point to say, oh, you won't be getting the DLC. Because what they've done here is that they've waited until people who purchased it and it was running fine for them decided to keep it, played through it so that they were no longer eligible for a Steam refund, and then got told, oh, this functionality won't be available to you to get this DLC. Not only that, they've... A bunch of them have probably bought the season pass already. Mm, yes, and mm. and have gotten dicked. It feels a is, is bit... gaming is gaming the only medium where the real enthusiasts who spend the most money on having the best possible experience get the worst possible experience? I can't think of another medium where that happens as frequently yeah. as it does here. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it probably happens. I mean, hell, when I was a wrestling fan, I was mm. amazed at how I'd stay up till four in the morning watching a pay per view event, only to leave it really upset because. Because, because it was terrible. Um, like, can you can you imagine if you bought like this huge surround sound seven speaker amazing subwoofer like sound system that was CD a new thing from whoever it. and it, it it like destroyed your iPod or <laughs> yeah. your CDs or whatever. Yeah, like, <laughs> it is it is a unique problem to our industry, but mm. it feels weird to me like mainly that they haven't decided to do any kind of goodwill gesture towards those affected fans like yeah we saw i can't remember what game it was before that didn't work that um was it a ubisoft title where they were like oh sorry that our game didn't work here have a free title some of which are like only a couple of months old have a free game i think it might have been them yeah here's yeah, something Far Cry that was one of the ones that was on offer i think so yeah guys i don't know i don't know if you guys know this but maybe someone in the audience can let me know in the comments of when we post this up or whatever is 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 optimizing games on PC in, inherently more difficult than on consoles? Yes, yes, or yes, is, yes, yes. Or is yes, it yes, just yes, fucking? Yes, yes. Is it just laziness, or, um, it, and it, or is it just that they want to sell more on the consoles? On, on consoles, you know one hundred percent what hardware you are optimizing yeah. for. On That's PC, the, yeah. there are a billion combinations that could interact in ways that are 
unexpected there, in the course There problems. are, but when, when your game is fucked up on a NVIDIA 980 and an Intel i7, you're probably doing something wrong, right? Yes, they're probably doing something wrong, but that doesn't change the fact it is, without a doubt, a more difficult task to optimise for PC. Okay. That's it. I mean, okay. it's difficult, but and I think one of the big issues is if you're going to start doing PC ports, you need to really find people who, like, that's their thing. Yeah. Like, it, it's... It, because there are so many It's a huge gap in the in the developer market now, apparently. It yeah, would seem that yeah. there's a big space there for some PC-centric developer to, to do these ports, you know, someone who really knows their shit. Farming out the port to a 12-person team and giving them allegedly six months to do it for a game <laughs> as big as Arkham Knight, probably not the right way of doing it. Yeah. And I think there, no. there needs to be some guns for hire out there who... I mean, fuck, you look at, like, when Dark Souls came out, uh, the Prepare to Die edition on PC, and it mm. was shit. Mm. And in 24 hours, Durante um, fixed a whole ton of problems with it. And he did mm. the same with Deadly Premonition. Like, there are people out there already fixing this stuff for free, yeah. and there really needs to be some fucking gunslingers out there who this, will yeah. just do well, the job. It just amazes me that, like, there have to, has to be some solution, even if the solution is just put out a 10-minute, like, whatever E3 vertical slice you do or something... Put it out, see what technical issues people have on PC with that, then be like, oh, yeah, we need to fix those before launch. Do something to be like, oh, we're not sure about our PC ports. Let's find out what technical issues there are going to be now so we can fix them before the bloody game comes out. It's crazy because you, you uh, look at these modders who, yeah. these modders who like, uh, make the these fixes that make the game perform better than the developer did. And you're like, why, why aren't these people being hired? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. For the next game. I mean, they're, you know? they're putting the professionals to shame. Something, you know, I mentioned Durante and, mm. uh, or Durant, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but, you know, there's him, there's just people that, I mean, you know, Sky UI, that was, um, you know, that's considered practically essential for the PC version of Skyrim. Uh, these guys that are just putting in all this effort in, a, in really a phenomenal amount of time. Uh, because yeah. they just seem to know things like basic little changes to code that sh that the professionals just don't seem to know. And if you can't do something, you just you get someone who can. You know, I I can't sing like a girl, so if I need female vocals, I'll get a female vocalist. You know. The only thing <laughs> that I can think maybe is that when you've got a single person fixing these issues, it is someone who's laser guided and knows all of the aspects of what they're doing, and perhaps. Like, maybe by having such large teams of people, there's an element of, well, I thought he was going to fix it. Well, uh, that's not my department. <laughs> and clashing that maybe stops some of these things getting fixed properly. But it well, seems like that's the just, big issue. Is yeah, too many cogs that, and not enough They need precision. to hire someone. They need to hire someone who is that laser-focused person. You, who yeah. They do the PC version, then they give it to this person... They do a Durant on it. They do a 24-hour go-through of it. Tell them, this needs changing. This line of code needs yeah. changing. This needs changing. Change this in the any file. Bish, bash, bosh, you're done. Uh, and, and I reckon if you had just one person on every team <laughs> doing PC ports whose job that was, we'd see a fuckload yeah. of improvement. You basically There's... just need the person in all of the spy fi films where it's like, oh, this is the hacker who hacked into MI6. Okay, MI6 are going to hire him. This is what you need, is the person that's like, oh, that one person single-handedly did a better job of fixing our games than yeah. we did as a the, team. You need... Bring him in. You need the 1990s era computer genius stereotype. Yes. And that's what you mm. need. That, that stereotype exists for game development. Go find <laughs> him and hire him. You need Batman, basically. Yes. So... <laughs> 
yeah, if you are committed to Arkham Knight on PC, you're a little bit fucked on the DLC. Stuff like Arkham Knight and um, like Unity as well. Like you gotta wonder. Like obviously, it's it, every PC is different, but or whatever. But when it's not working on every PC, you gotta wonder how. You know, they must. There must have been like some lack of QA there, or some well, the playtesting were... teams weren't given enough time, or. There were you know. rumours, and again, it's unfounded, but rumours that, that Warner Brothers knew months in advance yeah. that it was fucked and just threw it out and just hoped they'd get away Without, with it. And the thing is, is if you look at the timelines of that, like the timelines suggest that they knew and were like, oh, we'll just release it as planned before Steam refunds came into effect, and that has possibly mm. completely fucked up their, like, so oh, yeah, we'll just throw it now. out that they were mm. planning on. And then they're like, like oh, I... fuck, oh, fuck. I spoke to someone this year and I obviously can't say who or what they were involved with, but it was a game that was, it was pretty buggy at launch. And I said, you know, what did you guys think about this? The QA team and whatever. And they just said, please don't talk about that game. I hate it. I hate the fact that we're getting all the blame for the publisher rushing it out the door when we, when we want, we kept telling them it wasn't ready. I talked to a lot of people who were in QA and so Mm. often it's like they will report bugs and they will just get told by their higher ups Yep, you not reported that bug. It's, it's it's not a priority. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to deal with it. And I I can't yeah. say who or where, but I've spoken to some QA people that have yeah. reported bugs that just teams is there decided... is there a bug in the PayPal link for Steam? No, no. Okay, yeah. we're all good. And they, these are bugs where it's like, hey, this is a bug. The higher ups were like, don't worry, it's not a priority. The game releases, and then that's the bug that everyone complains about. Yeah, so, and there's little yeah. bugs, but then like some of the ones we've been seeing lately are like fucking shilob you know they're not just bugs they're big fucking monster killer bugs like yeah it's it's unforgivable but hey speaking of bugs that deserve to be refunded oh yeah brundle Brundle gav fund the brundle gav death metal album (laughs) (laughs) um to my great miserable delight aliens colonial marines is in the news again (gasps) oh yes you had some fun with that this week Uh, oh i say fun i mean i don't feel I, I always have to point this out. Like, I feel there's always a sense of retribution because I still feel very... I feel personally betrayed by that game, not just because I'm a huge Aliens fan and it was shit and obviously there's all that stuff about Gearbox misrepresenting the game that we've, you know, that everyone knows about. But obviously I've got a personal attachment to it as someone who has spoken to Randy Pitchford, uh, Gearbox's CEO, on a personal level, one-to-one, uh, several times over the years. And was just like I've sat three feet away from him while he was telling me things that turned out to just be not true and that and that's always given me this extra personal edge to it and a sad edge as well because I I used to really fucking like the guy uh, and still want to but you know his behavior has just been beyond the pale as evidenced this week uh, this past week uh, it sort of went out late last week uh, when he did an interview with Game Industry International where he was more or less boasting that his studio wriggled out of the class action lawsuit that was thrown up against Sega and Gearbox over Colonial Marines. And they got themselves out of it by saying, you know, nothing to do with me, governor. And he started talking about how uh, the class action suit was mafia-style extortion and and he's, he was standing up to them. Gearbox stood up to them and then talks about how the free market's brilliant because it's so objective and, and that's how you get judged. Uh, and, and it was just a really smarmy, does, smarmy does man he, about does him. Does he not get that the option to do a class action lawsuit if a product is misrepresented is part of the free market and one of the things that makes it great? Does he not get yeah, that? Yeah, I, 
I don't think he's 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 understood that the market isn't just the the like the cold hard objective number of people who brought bought the game. Yeah, it's it's their ability to be like we want our money back, give us that money. Yeah. Everything he says it comes from this objectivist standpoint, uh, and it ignores the fact that however well Aliens Colonial Marines sold, it ignores pre-order culture that had something to do with it, it ignores uh, the Aliens brand name, which has proven capable, of, even years and years after the last film, still way capable of selling boatloads of, of products. Uh, it has a, I mean, you know, my own rampant fanboyism of the Aliens franchise is evidence enough that it still has a, you know, dedicated people ignores uh, however many people were upset uh, the misleading trailers that may have got people to buy it ignores how many people may have you know traded it in or whatnot uh, so yeah he pissed off everyone again uh, so I did a Jimquisition this Monday on it because you know uh, I will never never let that one die mm. I will never let that one go to rest and then timings um, just all kind of lined up with something and everything got a little yeah, bit exciting the- the timing was borderline mythological uh, because moments after my video went up and, and you know, people were sort of getting whipped into a, an angry, righteous, rightly so, you know, another angry sort of uh, swirl of indignation about Randy's latest shenanigans, uh, develop, the Brighton conference developed, tweeted out a little hashtag that was, uh, we're doing a Q&A with Randy Pitchford, CEO of Gearbox. Uh, ask him your questions at hashtag ask Randy. And it started off well. It started well. And then I, I asked at one point, I, I, I used the hashtag to ask if Aliens was the, still the, if, if Colonial Marines was still the canonical sequel to Aliens. Uh, and then some other people joined in, and then some other people joined in. And then, and then the whole you got thing a, was you got called up a, with a bully who kicks over sandcastles. Yeah, Randy Pitchford has slagged me off before. He actually had a go at me uh, when I was originally... That, that was a really good metaphor wasted on a, a bad topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not the first time Randy's had a go at me. He's actually blocked me twice in history. Uh, as someone um, on NeoGAF said, Jim Sterling's burns are so nice, Randy blocks him twice. Um, <laughs> but he blocked me initially when I was first covering Colonial Marines because he said uh, uh, that I was out to specifically injure him. Uh, and basically accused me of, of grandstanding uh, rather than actually caring about the games. Uh, and um, unblocked me at some point in the years since and then re-blocked me once he started doing his little interview and then I you know, had a go at him again and asked him to show some goddamn accountability. Uh, and, and yeah, then he... The Ask Randy thing happened, and people he was getting into some arguments with people, re- retold his sob story about how he personally lost money on Colonial Marines, which I got no sympathy for, because Sega was bailing them out so many times there should have been plenty of money. And uh, then at some point told someone Well, losing about money me, on something I, shit is, again, how the free market works. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he told someone that I don't care about the truth and that he likes people who, as you say, he likes people who build sandcastles and I just kick them down, uh, which, you know, I, 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 I find that argument one of the most spurious and cowardly in the game industry. He's not the only one who's done it. The people who, when you have a go at a game or talk about something dodgy in the development, they say, you don't understand, man, you don't know the truth. And then they proceed to not tell you the truth. Uh, these people that hide behind their argument that you don't see what happens behind the scenes while keeping that curtain really closed. Like, how else 
what have don't um, accuse us of conjecture when that's all you've left us with it's it's an interesting straw man because i've seen it used before and it's this idea of well we're developers we create things and as critics all you serve to do is to tear down creation and to stifle creativity i'm like no it's not like you're building a sandcastle and i'm meanly coming over and kicking it down i think the closer example is it's like you are someone building a skyscraper and I am the person who's coming in to do the health code violation. I'm not being a meanie yeah. by kicking your thing down, but I'm coming in and being like, right, you've built this thing. You want people to use this thing you've built. I'm going to come in and point out all of the flaws in it just to make sure yeah. that it is an acceptable thing and it's not <clears throat> um, terrible. Like, that, it's not kicking down sandcastles. With gaming as a medium, that criticism is a lot less... Um, it's a lot more objective a lot of the time than with other art forms. Because say with, with music or with film, uh, if someone's criticizing a piece of art, it's like it's, it, you can only go to a certain point objectively. But with gaming, it can literally be broken. Mm. It can be unplayable. It can be, you know, it can be yeah. something the yeah. user I mean, cannot use. So I think criticism is, is more important for gaming than in other mediums, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've always said reviews are opinion and subjective, and you can never have a 100% objective review. However, uh, you're totally right when you say when it comes to the technical details, there are objective facts when certain games are broken. You know, there are objective facts regarding Colonial Marines, regarding the fact that the, the footage shown and the promises made were not true, that Gearbox claimed credit for uh, developing it up until it was launched and people had it in their hands and then found out TimeGate had done a load of work on it. Uh, mm. there, are, there are these facts yeah. here. Um, facts that Randy, while talking about me ignoring the truth, uh, refuses to this day to ever acknowledge. Uh, he, con he conveniently sidesteps any difficult question and brings it back round to some mealy-mouthed, weaselly way of dealing with it. Like, like recently, he was, like, there was an article on MCV uh, today that said he, he was standing up to critics. And if that's their idea of standing up, I've got a fucking house made out of toilet tissue I can give them. Right? Because he was, <laughs> he was basically saying, well, even if people hated it, we affected them emotionally, so we won. Like, that's not, that's not that an answer. A, that, yes. that was oh, a very God. strange his, statement, his I, fucking, I admit. Uh, yeah, his statement basically boiled down to, well, if people hate our game, then we made them feel something, so that's yeah. an achievement. Like, it's like, no, that's not a fucking achievement. No one wants to hate the thing they bought. That's an achievement if you're Marilyn Manson and you've just released Antichrist Superstar. Because you set, you, that's exactly what you set out to do, is get a reaction. That's not what Gearbox set out to do. Randy's ability to dodge makes Dante jealous. Like, it's just... <laughs> just The way he ducks and weaves to, to twist any question you give him. Like, it galls me that he acts like, like people, um, uh, you know, are out to get him when they're just asking questions. Uh, yeah. As if he's only ever giving honest answers. Because when you look at his, frankly, embarrassing Twitter behaviour... Um, this week and back when Colonial Marines and back when Duke Nukem Forever happened, uh, he never fucking answers a question straight. He never fucking does. I mean, the dude's a poker-playing magician who lied about Gearbox's name to Joystick during an editorial on it, and uh, just, just the more you find out about him, the shadier the shit he says seems to, to be. It makes me sad because just as, as a person, he seems like a cool guy. It's just when it comes to business, I just think he just doesn't... I don't think he quite understands the gravity of how pissed off people are by being ripped off, you know. And uh, do you want to know my prediction for the new Duke Nukem game, which, by the way, is being made? So here's what's going to happen with it, right? It's going to get its first trailer. 
going to be look like complete shit. Everyone's going to go, oh, it looks like shit. But then someone on some website is going to write an article about how it's too misogynistic and too violent. And then everyone is going to get really mad and buy it just despite <laughs> that person. <laughs> they'll just, while crying, while crying and having a terrible time playing it, they'll be saying, this is brilliant. This is the best thing I've ever played. That's what's going to happen with Duke Nukem. So, before we go any further down that rabbit hole, um, other things we can complain... Well, other other things that have happened this week that are continuations of long-running stories and that sort of thing. Uh, Kojima Productions has disbanded, according to the Japanese voice actor for Snake. Not surprising anyone. And Kojima's name has been removed from the box art for Metal Gear Solid V. Not surprising anyone. Yeah, Konami's erasure of that whole... Uh thing it's 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 so troubling i i just i don't understand who they think they're trying to fool because anyone who knows the kojima name and understands who that is is going to be aware that you've removed his name from it like anyone who knows enough to understand who that is is going to be up to date enough on the news to see what you're doing yeah i liked what uh, i think it was twinfinite.net that did it um if it wasn't i apologize to whoever did but they actually printed they've made their own printable sleeve for mm. Metal Gear Solid 5 that's just got K- Kojima's name plastered all over it. Just a Hideo Kojima it's, it's game. It's Solid disrespectful, 5 by Hideo it? Kojima. It's unbelievably disrespectful. Yeah. Well, I can't, I just can't believe they I, did that. I mean, that, that's like, Konami all over. Just, they are the fucking It's like, worst. you know, it's like, it's like Axl Rose releasing Guns N' Roses albums now without Slash, you know? Yeah. If there's, if there's one thing that, like, one piece of games criticism from the future that I wish I could read right now, more than any other, it's I want to read the post-mortem on what the fuck happened here. Like, I want to I want to read about mm. the last two years of Konami and Kojima. Yeah. Because, like, that post-mortem, whoever gets it and puts that together, it's going to be one of the most fascinating pieces of games writing that yeah. we get and for it, years. It will not surprise me if we learn that... Konami alienated Kojima because that seems to be what Konami does. Do you does think we will learn it touches. though? Probably not. I think is it is it do. is it's pro- it's kind of more of a thing within Japanese culture, isn't it, that you don't really make a big public spectacle and and shit all over people the way we do in the West. That's true. I mean, that's generally true, mm. but at the same time, Konami mm. is Konami and Konami is the worst and seems to have no dignity. Yeah. So there is a chance there could be some horrible fallout. Uh, I mean, just the fact that they're showcasing mm. such utter professional disrespect right now and seem to and, and again, not just to Kojima, they've done it to others mm. before. Uh, I, I, I just to, wonder, but it's yeah. such a, it's such a disrespect not just towards yeah. him but towards art in itself mm, yeah. to remove the creator's name from his I, I just creation is so I can't even begin to express how wrong that is to me on every level. I just want to know what the fuck he did. Like who at Konami's like wife did he sleep with? Like whose <laughs> son did he murder? What did he do That's to have it. that I mean, much hatred towards him? We will like, feel sorry if it turns out he slide? killed a boy. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. yes, but like. That's the thing. It's like the only way it makes sense in my head right now is: Did he personally slight someone who had the ability to be like, "No, fuck you"? Well, I mean, speaking as someone who did um, personally slight someone at Konami who had the ability to say "fuck you," uh, and that was literally <laughs> the that was literally the words used. "Fuck those guys," uh, said about uh, me and the outlet I was working for at the time. Um, it, it's possible. Uh, my personal experience and the experiences regarding. Uh, 
regaled by people like Guy Sihi uh, and whatnot, uh, seem to indicate that Konami has a hair-trigger temper and a love of salting the earth. And yes, they are very. They will make very big decisions and then staunchly be like, "Nope, we are not going back on that." Yeah. And, and fuck Konami, I think is the fuck the, fuck Konami the thing to say. And fuck the Batmobile and fuck Konami. Fuck the they're the same um, thing. Did you guys see the gif going around of the Batmobile? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen something that sums up a game so well. So for the audience, basically search for it. I, it's on my Twitter feed, but it's on like Reddit as well, of a gif of the Batmobile. Like Batman is like heroically flying down to the ground under a bridge and the Batmobile just falls off the bridge, flattens him and lands <laughs> on his head. I was like, yeah. if you were ever to find a metaphor for that game, <laughs> yeah. that, that is the one. <laughs> Oh, oh! I have an exciting thing that happened this week. Very short bit of news, but I seem to have had some of Jim's prophetic abilities have rubbed off onto me this week. Ooh. Because I made a prediction and within 24 hours it became a news article. Um, I was watching an anime called Kill the Kill this week and I finished watching it and I just put some tweets out being like, hey, that, that anime feels a lot like a Platinum game. I quite like Platinum games and I like this anime. Platinum Games, I think that they should make a Kill the Kill game. And within 24 hours, there was a news story going around. Platinum Games would like to make a Kill the Kill game. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I've somehow willed that into existence. Now, why the fuck is my attempts to will um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 not working? Like, I'm trying to will that into existence. Then make one offhand tweet about like, oh yeah, Platinum should make Kill the Kill. And they fucking do it. That's the problem. That's well, the I'm problem. Gonna, I'm going to use this discussion about anime to nip out and grab a beer. So I'll be right back. <laughs> That's the problem with being a, 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 as I call it, a star child uh, who is who is blessed with with seer abilities. Like like you know, as someone who is um, a, a sage, a soothsayer, if you will, who has predicted many things in the game industry. People ask me to predict good things to happen and say it doesn't work that way. Uh, the visions come from the moon and go into my head, uh, and so I can't pick and choose. You know, I can tell you anything, but. It's it's not up to us. It's it's up to yeah. the, the cards dealt by. The yeah, this, this this is a fascinating like mutant ability that has <laughs> stopped being dormant within me and has begun to manifest. And I don't yet have the ability to control it, but I can't help but think that being in your presence has has helped influence my growing abilities. So thank you very much, Jim. You can all thank me when Kill the Kill the, the game happens from Platinum now. So I'm really that's all thanks to, to me. I'm looking forward to that Platinum game, uh, the Transformers one. It looks oh, gorgeous. I hope every it's time good. they show it, every time they show it off, it looks better and better. Yeah, it's the, the, like, the new trailer had Insecticons in it, which just has me mm. sold because they're the best Transformers. Well, Platinum have yet to make a game that I did not like on a mechanical level, even if like the Legend of Korra game was a bit cheaply tied to the franchise like they didn't have mm-hmm. much room to wiggle room like depend I, I don't think it's going to be down to platinum i think it's going to be down to what size budget are they given and um how much room are they given to play with the license yeah, yeah. Like, i mean activision it, did the, well with high moon so mm. so hopefully they give so, platinum what they need yeah, like if they're given the tools they need, then Platinum could, and I don't doubt they will, create something rock solid out of this. So I'm very excited to see more of that. Fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, there's another um, licensed game that I've been playing, and I think you mentioned on Twitter, you gave me the impression you played it too. Um, but I played it last night and kind of beat it in an hour. 
Um, I mean, they try and force Which the replay game is value. This? this would be Godzilla. Oh yes, I played some oh, Godzilla. <laughs> so I played, Sorry, I played about this. forty-five minutes of it at E3, and I'm pretty sure I got the entire experience done in that. 45 yeah, 40, minutes. forty-five minutes is basically all you need. Like they try and force mm. replay value, but you really can get through the quote-unquote campaign in like half a fucking hour, and yeah, then they want you to replay it to unlock new scenarios and meet new fucking monsters. But it so, is oh, I have two sentences to sum up how I feel about that game. Right. Uh, the positive one first. We'll do the positive one. Um, they have a lot of cool Godzilla monsters in this game. Uh, the other side, fuck having to turn using triggers. Why yeah. the fuck do I have to do what? that on a controller with two analog sticks? Yeah. Let, let me explain to you, Gavin, how Godzilla <gasps> controls. Right. What first of all, fuck? even by Godzilla yeah. standards, this dude moves slow. Like, Godzilla yeah. is a big lumbering yeah. thing, but this dude moves fucking slow. Mm. So he's lumbering along. Now, it's a third-person mm. action game, right? Third person. But he's got first-person shooter controls. So you're no, going... No, no, It would be better if he had first-person shooter controls. That do... You're giving him too much credit. Well, I mean, for basic movement, <laughs> it's because this is where it goes all squiffy. For basic movement, first-person shooter. Uh... Forward, on the left analogue stick, forward, back, left, right is, is forward, walk backwards without turning, strafing left, strafing right. Mm. right this stick, sounds like... Oh, yeah, this sounds like a clusterfuck to the level of that... Um, what was that thing that came out a few years ago? Jim did a fucking YouTube series on it. Um, a remake of an old horror game. Ah, what was it called? Alone in the Dark. The control oh, yeah. scheme in that oh, was this was controls worse. Horrendous. This controls yeah, this worse. Is worse. Oh my god. Yeah, because yeah. it's oh so god. the first person <laughs> shooter on yeah, basic forward, movement. Yeah, forwards, back, Third, left, and right, yeah. and strafing. Third person yeah. camera angles are for the right stick, so you can move the camera three sixty degrees, not really up what? or down, uh, but three hundred and sixty degrees around the fucking Godzilla. Yeah, but um, this doesn't turn Godzilla in yeah. any way. He no, doesn't, it doesn't turn, turn Godzilla right when at you all. do this. Um, so this is just so him. you can admire him from all angles, is yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you really need to move it around because there's no targeting system. There's no locking on. Uh, mm. And because Godzilla yeah. can't turn efficiently, you have to use that camera to line up shots very slowly and then hope you hit what you're trying to hit. Um, because turning... And is there the... any actual logical reason for this? Or do you think no. they were just trying to be too clever? Or no, just... there's no reason. They, I just they don't were think trying they knew to what they were doing. They were trying to reinvent the wheel. Oh, can can I yeah. deliver the finishing blow about how the triggers get involved? Yeah, yeah, go on. So so here's here's where the triggers get involved. If you want to turn Godzilla, left trigger oh. to make his body turn to the left, right trigger to make it turn to the right, the camera does not follow when you do this. So no, you have to separately use the right analogue stick to move the camera as you left or right trigger to turn his body. I couldn't work this out. I was given the controller and no tutorial, just dropped into a mission. It took me forever to work out that's how you made him turn, because who the fuck makes you turn that way? Like, even when you know, like, the I'm game... Just, I'm the, just looking at pictures of this this game's graphics. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> the, game's, um, the game's tutorial in the final product is it goes on for ages and still doesn't tell you what you need to know. Like, it tells you the basic controls. Uh, but even knowing... The, the triggers turn it's not intuitive at all it's so no. confusing like my fingers even, don't do that like they're not like, used to that even once i worked out that's what they did i kept forgetting to do it 
Yeah, yeah, you forget. Yeah. Of course you do, because because you fucking would, because it's a third person action game. Also, of course you explain, you'd forget. You've played the full thing. Can you explain the plot to me? Because what I picked up at E three was is the plot that you are Godzilla who is working for the government of Japan to stop these a- other Godzillas attacking. But also they're That's... terrified of you and they want to, like, they're like, oh, no, you're destroyed. Godzilla's destroying everything. Yes, because he's fighting off all the other monsters for us. But <laughs> That's no, a lot more fuck him. That's a lot more complicated than the actual plot of the campaign. Okay, that is that is what I got from 45 Minutes at E3 was yeah. he kind of works for the government, but they also no. hate him. No, no, the, 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 plot, okay. the actual plot of the game is literally this. Godzilla happens. That's so the plot. Godzilla so where, where was all this stuff from the E3 build that was implying he was working for the government? I have no idea. Well, I know where at some that point, go? at some point in the game, you can press a button to have cameras look at Godzilla, and if you try and fight, and the, the the combat's still going on, and you're fighting as Godzilla, but with a camera on a helicopter, like following you from a distance, uh, and if you move out of shot, like it, it quits. Uh, but you're supposed to stand there and wait for the camera to finish filming you so the government can collect data on you for, <laughs> for a reason. Um, that's even worse. Trying to control the, the whole Godzilla from this disconnected alien camera is even worse. <laughs> uh, especially when there's a fucking, you know, Mecha Godzilla or whoever is like pummeling you from behind. Like, um, here's Mecha Godzilla and Space Godzilla and giant fucking laser lizard. They're all attacking you at once. They're cool designs, if only I was play- fighting them in a better game. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't even gotten onto the combat. Like, the combat uh, is so... Like, it's beyond brainless and doesn't work properly. And because the camera's so close to Godzilla, you can't. You never know when you're within range to hit something. You press square and he just, like, does this, this drunken swing with his fist. You press triangle and he swings his tail. You press forward and triangle for him to do, um... Uh, some sort of, uh, I think it's like a sweep or something. Uh, no, a grab. Forward and triangle is grab. Um, circle is his, you know, famous energy beam. If you press forward yeah. and circle, he does that in an arc on the ground that hits nothing. Um, <laughs> the you the press... plane forwards energy beam is all I did for any fight because it kept a distance between me and them, and I was just like, right, it's the only energy one. Energy blast, works. energy blast, energy blast, energy blast. Oh, you're about to die. I'll punch you once. There you go. You're dead. Yeah. What happens if you try and fight them head on is you. Godzilla's hands clip through everything anyway, so his hands are just, like, ghosting through them while their energy bar goes down, and they ignore your attacks and just hit you. And, of course, this is one of those fucking... I hate games that do this. One of those games where they can power through all your combos and their attacks break your combos. Yes, they can stagger you, but you can't stagger them in return. And nothing makes you feel like less of a powerful monster than not being able to stagger something with a big, huge hit to the face. Honestly, it feels... You hit like them in the face and they don't tree. react. Yeah, you hit them in the face and they don't react. It's like, oh, I guess I am not the most powerful lizard monster. I am nothing. Those fucking trolls in oblivion. They're fucking. Ah! They're no selling like the Undertaker <laughs> at WrestleMania, and 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 it's so imbalanced. Like you'll suddenly come across an enemy that's like twice your size and takes forever to fucking get knocked down, and it and it's just powering through your attacks, just smashing you up. There is a shield. That the game's <laughs> tutorial, the, t- the game's tutorial <laughs> spends ten minutes banging on about shit that doesn't matter, interspersed with some ridiculous, embarrassing dialogue. The and shield does fuck all. 
Yeah, and there is a shield that the tutorial, for all of its ten minutes of banging on about shit, doesn't tell you exists. I had to, <laughs> I had to be told on Twitter that it exists. Basically, what you're saying is buy this game; it's amazing. Right. I haven't it told is... you about the dodge yet. I haven't told you about the dodge, the dodge <laughs> mechanic. Right. Godzilla can dodge. Oh, what? <laughs> here's how he dodges. He doesn't need to dodge. This is the Godzilla. best. This is the best bit, right? You've got a, a, an energy meter that slowly fills up. When it fills up, you can yeah. do your, like, you know, the famous energy, like, laser beam blast, right? And then it resets. Yeah. However, if you want to be able to dodge, don't fire the energy beam because that same meter governs your dodge. And your dodge is you hold the right trigger... And he roars, and a whole bunch of lasers fly out of him and does, like, a load of damage to everything in an area of effect. And, and he doesn't move. He's just invincible for it. They just made the frames of the animation invincible. And the you game's see, in-game help menu calls it a dodge. You're kind of making this sound awesome, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're making this actually sound awesome. <laughs> His I don't dodge know how. is a load of lasers and shit I, flies out of him I, I, and makes him invincible. They're not impressive lasers, <laughs> like, I'll say that much. <laughs> I don't, know like yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to say about this game. It is a disappointment of a Godzilla. I've got one just... more thing. I've got something oh. else to say about oh, it. Oh, what else do you have? It's $59.99! It's $59.99! It's a full-priced, triple-A-priced game This feels like feels and looks like Earth Defense Force. Yes, and here's the thing. Earth Defense Force is silly and takes itself, like, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it controls well. So why you would play this over Earth Defense Force, I have no fucking idea. I, I, it, it is a budget game, right? right? Godzilla is yeah. a budget game. Okay? This should be an XBLA game. Like, it's... You can tell from, like, the simplistic environments, the really limited campaign, the fact that the tanks on the ground don't move. They're just there. Like, they, everything's just so fucking cheap and, and shoddy. And it's... Fi it's fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, uh, I, I have one other game I want to talk about this week This shouldn't take very long at all This is a game that exists on the internet I discovered this morning mm -hmm. So I'm assuming you're both aware of the, the recently it, Recently it's become a huge phenomenon The Minions Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I played a game today called Pregnant Minion Girl and this is a game that exists on the internet where there is a pigtailed, crop top wearing minion that is pregnant and you have to help her give birth. Um, as her doctor, you have to dab her head when it sweats a bit. Um, you have to take her temperature. You give her a, a pregnancy tablet that's in a bottle of tablets and you're told to give her one of the pills from the like tablet tub and a drop of liquid comes out, so I'm not entirely sure what someone swapped that bottle out with. Um, you put um, like a gas and air mask over her face, and then it says success. You have successfully helped her through the pregnancy. Now, she did not so give is birth. So is this an actual game for fun, or is it some kind of incendiary reaction to certain criticisms of the minions? No, this is a thing that exists. Like, you can find this for every licensed product. Like, there are websites full of... Elsa from Frozen Pregnancy Game, probably Wolverine. Mm. Search character name pregnancy game, and this mm. game exists for so many characters. It's bizarre. Um, wow. 
Like I did an x-ray of the pregnant woman and um, her baby was a stock photo rotated kind of upside down-ish of a minion soft toy. So it's like, oh, well, I'm very sorry that you're going to give birth to something that's inanimate and is is not alive. I'm very sorry about that. Um, and apparently my job as doctor was done before she actually gave birth. Like I dabbed her on the forehead with the with the towel. And Do you like, get to see the minion baby? No, I, well, I got to see it on an x-ray. But then it's like, oh, you dabbed her head and you gave her the liquid tablet and you put the mask on her face. It's okay. I'm sure she can take the rest of the pregnancy from here. You you go off, doctor. Is there a fail state? <laughs> um, the fail state is you fail to give her the various things that it shouts at you until you give her. So, okay, so it's a complete piece of shit. It's a complete piece of shit. Quite a weird experience. So... That's minion, mm. pregnant, pregnant minion girl. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, well, it's wow. it's a soft toy. It's not alive. She's clearly like got <laughs> yeah. a soft toy in her stomach. She just stuffed it's, it up yeah. herself. Yeah, exactly. This is not a pregnancy. She's shoved a, a minion action figure up her vagina, and she's like, "Well, this counts as a pregnancy, I guess." Wow. Uh, so yeah, that was pregnant okay. minion girl I played oh. today. <laughs> Should we do questions? <laughs> Yeah, wholesome yeah, family questions. fun as always on the podquisition. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got had to get that in there somewhere. I was like, where else can I fucking talk about pregnant minion girl game? I'm I'm glad we got the the, the frank discussion about Satoru Iwata out of the way first. Because yeah, if that... we started that now, then it would really sound disrespectful. Yeah. Well, we had to get it out of the way so we could be like, yeah, he respected fun and silliness. Therefore, this is okay. Um, yeah. So where do we want to start with on the questions? Um, Got a lot of questions this week, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to find which one. Which one was it that Gavin liked? Um, yeah, so uh, this was this was one that Gavin liked um, from Andrew Davis. Have there been any gaming moments that you've shown off to non-gamers and why? Mm-hmm. And did you have an answer for this, Gavin? Well, I do, um, but then I, I think I may have mentioned this on Podquisition already, but I can't remember. That's but I'll, fine. I'll say we're, it anyway. we're nothing if not unoriginal. <laughs> I was trying to show my mum how great video games are, and how they're not all like the way <laughs> they used to be. You know, they're not all just pixels flying around shooting at each other. A lot of them are, but you know. Um, so I booted up Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood for her and showed her how you can explore Rome and go into the Colosseum and into um, all of these historical places and see them as they were during a certain period, beautifully recreated, which is honestly what I spend most of my time doing in Assassin's Creed games. I mean, I play the story too, but my favourite part is just looking at all the monuments. And she was very impressed with that. She was like, oh, I had no idea you could do this in video games. So there's that. Woo, what about you, Jim? Have you got any, any answers to that one? I don't really think so. I mean, I, I've got a friend who, who didn't really play games, and he used to come around sometimes while I was playing Dynasty Warriors, and just at one point just said, I don't suppose you can kill the horses in it, can you? And I went, no. <laughs> that, that, that's my great story. I, 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 show, um, I also show my girlfriend all the sex scenes in The Witcher because she wanted to see them. She was like, oh, I want I, to see the sex I scenes. I did that with my fiancé in Mass Effect. We went through all the sex scenes. Um, oh, no, yeah. Like, my, my go-to in recent... Oh, I, sh- I showed her the ending of Mass Effect 3, actually. But you know what? Not going to elaborate because that's going to be a three-hour discussion. <laughs> yeah. Um, my recent go-to in sort of past couple of years for, like, showing how video games have developed as a medium to, like, parents and things is the opening, like, up to the title screen on The Last of Us. 
where you can be like, hey, it's this interactive movie where it's got all these production values and it goes back and forth between like, here's all this like movie stuff and then you're interacting with it and like, hey, here's mm. a poignant bit of narrative and things that happened in this interactive bit of fiction. Like for me, that's a game that I think's like, hey, this sums up like kind of how video games have evolved in many ways. It does, but then again, it also shows... And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love The Last of Us and I don't have anything against this in games. It also does rely heavily upon grimdark and violence yes. as well. It's And I yeah. would I would just love for one game that I could show to, say, my girlfriend or my friend or whatever that doesn't have all that, but does have the amazing world to explore and, and the same stuff There's, as well. Yeah. And please don't get angry about that, people. I love my violence and everything. It's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, more, I, more experiences. Yeah. Well, it's like on the you other know. side, you have stuff like um, I, again, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but I played through the first time I played through Journey was with my fiance and we played through that together. And that is definitely an experience for like, hey, Wonderful you can, game, sh- you can show this to a, to someone who doesn't play games and be like, hey, mm. here is a wordless narrative that is beautifully told over a couple of it's hours. It's beautiful. It is Journey, Journey to me is just, it's, it's pure poetry. It's, mm. it's such a beautiful, perfect game. I've said this before in the podcast. It's one of my two perfect games, Journey and Tetris. I can't argue with either of those picks. They're not my personal mm. picks, but I can't argue with either of them. So, mm. yeah, that's that's that. Um, also, you know, I show all of the non-gamers in my life um, coming out on top so they can, you know, learn about fish fucking, obviously. But um, <laughs> other questions... Everyone needs to know about that. Yeah, everyone needs to know about my, my love of fish fucking. Um, we've got another question I thought was quite good. Um, what's your favourite Easter egg in, in video games? Oh, I have a really good one for this. Yeah, so do I. But I, it's I a li- yeah, I'm excited about it. It's this a one. little bit esoteric. Will I go first or do you want to go first? You can go first. Go on. Okay, so basically there's this musical artist I absolutely adore. He's like pretty much my fave called Devin Townsend. And he was in this metal band for many years called Strapping Young Lad. And then he went off and did a solo career and he's absolutely amazing. He's an inspiration for me because like me, he does many, many different genres. And he does his best to excel at every one that he does and um in fallout 3 which was like at that stage already my favorite thing there is a computer you can find in an abandoned subway with a bunch of his lyrics on it but but rearranged into a way that makes it so that some engineer down in the subway was like having a an existential crisis through devon townsend lyrics and i was like i just found my favorite thing in my other favorite thing. How awesome is that? <laughs> that is pretty damn awesome. So, woo, hooray. Yeah. Um, and there's Fear, there's Fear Factory lyrics in Fallout 3 as well, actually, for those of you who grew up on them. So the first, first Easter egg I remember <coughs> in a video game, not nearly as, like, personally resonant as your example, but um, mm. was going through Ocarina of Time and finding the Mario paintings in the... Uh, windows in Hyrule Castle and being like ah these exist in the same universe maybe um maybe yeah other than that um there's a couple of other little examples um I quite like I think it was um Super Mario RPG where if you search through Princess Peach's bedroom you can find something that she wouldn't necessarily want you to find hidden behind her uh behind her mantelpiece (laughs) something very personal but uh you then get told off for snooping through her things and to disregard what you saw and then get kicked out of her room. I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, nothing nothing are, nearly as like personally resonant as your example. Are 
Arkham City was also an absolutely chock-a-block with wonderful little Easter eggs. I was going to bring for, for, one of those up for mine. The, um, yeah. the Arkham Terror bit, Scarecrow's little secret base on the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's quite a cool one in Far Cry, Far Cry 3 where um, on the box art for Far Cry 3 there is a man buried down to his face. You can find him on the mm-hmm. beach. He exists within the game. You can just find a man buried like up to halfway through his face. Oh, speaking of that, <laughs> there's a scene in The Witcher 3. Did you guys see The Witcher 3 um, trailer where the guy's Vesemir says to Garrett, what are you doing? He's like, killing monsters. Yeah. And there's a bit in the game where your buddy's like taking the piss out of you. And he's like, hey, look, we don't all go around going, ooh, killing monsters. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious that they actually referenced <laughs> yeah. the trailer in that. The, the other thing that I quite like, and I can't think of any good examples off the top of my head, but I know there's a few games that have done this, where the Easter egg is an actual happy Easter Easter egg. Where it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you found wow. the thing, and it's very literally an Easter egg you found. I quite, or the I one find in, that quite amusing. The one in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, when you fly to the top of the bridge, somehow make it up there, and there's a sign that says... There are no Easter eggs here. Go away. I think I think there's one in, I think it might be Vice City where there is a room you can get to where it's just an Easter egg on a pedestal. Wow. Wasn't there some huge big like uh, conspiracy thing about the Easter eggs in GTA 5 and aliens and it turned out they were actually right about it all. Yeah, there was some there writing was some, inside, like, a, alien... inside a mountain and everyone thought there was a way to yeah. summon a UFO and then it turned out like, oh yeah, this is alien invasion stuff. There actually is, yeah. Um, that is real. I was looking up some of the Kudos creepier to, Easter eggs. to Rockstar for that one. Because I'm a big fan of oh, creepy yeah. Easter eggs, like the things that watch you in Super Mario Galaxy 2, or the weird oh, yeah. baby and mother thing yeah. in one of the Halo games. And one I did stumble on was, because um, mm. I've not seen this one myself, but there is a ghost girl, like a creepy Japanese-style ghost girl in Grand Theft Auto Five. If you uh, get to a mm. certain location and Yes, zoom she's in. out by the sea, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Deus Ex Human Revolution also had a lot of uh, Easter eggs and I know one of the developers of that game is a Megadeth fan because there's like this really difficult to hack computer in one of the bases and it's full of like Megadeth lyrics (laughs) about Hangar 18 Mm, I think I mean no big surprise there it's the song lyric ones that get me excited yeah, so that that was a good question who who, who did we get that question from Uh, I, I forgot to have a look at who it was from Fuck. Fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck. We've, 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 we've fucked up. We've fucked up, everyone. Oh, no. It's from fucking Stephen Rawlings. (laughs) Fuck Stephen Rawlings. I asked a fucking Stephen Rawlings question. (laughs) Fucking hell. You got one job, Uh, Laura. I got one job. You fucked up. My my one job on this show, keep Stephen Rawlings' questions off the fucking show. I am, I am so sorry, everyone. (laughs) Fuck. Fuck, we made a big fucking mistake. <sighs> On the plus side, imagine how happy Stephen is right now. No, he finally no, got his question He's going to be upset because he's no longer going to be a running gag on this show. This is the <laughs> end of his time being a moment. This is the yep. end of his moment in the spotlight. We fucked up. You're off the force, Rawlings. Hand <laughs> yeah. in your badge. It's the last time you're ever going to get acknowledged here, Rawlings. Uh, You'll never first. work in this podcast again. Um, I, need to, I need to hand in my queen of podcasting badge. I've just, <laughs> I don't deserve that title anymore. I have. It's done. I have it's fucked done. Up. Uh, we need. We need to get on to questions from someone else to just to 
ugh, get that disgusting Stephen Rawlings taste out of my mouth. Um, who else have we got questions for? Um, I quite like this one from Bubba Lubba on Twitter. Jim has his dildo sword. Laura and Gavin, what would your inappropriate weapons be? Um, I'd have, I, you know, the way people always pick up guitars and fight with them in, in things. And every time they hit someone with the guitar, it makes this awesome, like, power chord noise. Well, I would, like, tune the guitar all wrong. <laughs> so that every time you hit someone, it would be like... Like listening to Lil Wayne trying to play the guitar. That's what mine would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, or like listening to Jim do his Iron Bull impersonation. <laughs> I... I think my weapon would be, um, I forget what the weapon's called, but there's a weapon in Bloodborne that's like, it's a sword, but then you can stick it into the hammer and it becomes this big, huge fuck-off hammer. Now, I want... Oh, the Kirk Kirk Hammer? Yeah, the Kirk Kirk Hammer. I want to be dual-wielding, basically, Kirk Hammers, but, you know, change it so it's not quite a hammer on the end. It's more of, like, the two halves of a butt. So I'm beating stuff up, and when I, you know, crush stuff between my two hammers, it looks like that person is being crushed inside a butt. The butt hammer. Butt hammer, hiney hammer, banny hammer. Just, just. There's so many wonderful names that this could yeah, have. Yeah, it's it's the butt hammers. I I just want to, you know, yeah. crush people so that it looks like their heads coming out of a butt. Nice. Yeah, that's, and, that and seems really, like a fun weapon. I don't think you're asking for too much there. No, that's like, you know, surely some weaponsmith out there can make me two very large hammers that kind of look like The posteriator. There's your <gasps> oh, name. Oh, I the like the posteriator. Um, we've also mm. got... Oh, we've got a question from a semi-famous-ish person this week. Uh, the developer of Shower With Your Dad Simulator right. has sent us a Twitter question. Do you still shower with your dad? <laughs> um, no. No. <laughs> I don't know where my dad is, so no, it's a movie. Mine's point. dead, so no. <laughs> so um, there we go. Yeah, no, so we don't still shower with do, our no. dad, but Sorry. good to know that you listen to our show and want to know about our shower habits with or without our dads. Um, I prefer a bath anyway, if I'm honest. Oh, a bath is so much nicer. I don't nicer. get on with showers too it well. Is the, it is the downside mm. to having moved into this like tiny little flat I'm in at the moment. I don't have a bath. I only have a shower. Uh, and I miss baths. Yeah. Can't remember the last time I had a proper mm. bath. Uh, actually, it's when I go away on ho- to work on ho- in hotels. Usually it's hotel baths. Um, so what else have we got? We have a couple of other questions. Um, we've got one question from Jespel Sinju. Um, pronunciation of your name I probably got completely wrong. I'm sure we've said your name before, and I think you told me how your name said. Completely forgot. I'm really sorry about that. Um, how do we recover when we're feeling burnt out on work, considering that we don't really have traditional like weekday structures for our work weeks. Mm-hmm. I usually just have a big sleep. Yeah, sleep's good. Um, overly large amounts uh, of food and alcohol. Uh, forcing myself to do something that's not video games. Um, that is very much why I watched through Kill the Kill this week. I was like, let's watch an anime because that's not playing a video game. <laughs> Yeah, I either go to the local rock bar or we like going camping in all the beautiful places in Ireland. Oh, I do love going to live music if I can. It's a very good stress reliever. Mm. So, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Gavin, can you, uh, someone, I don't know who, I didn't write down their name either. Um, Mm. Someone wanted to know, can Gavin talk more about The Witcher? Because that's all he wants. Oh, Kevin Almond. Uh, 
I think I've talked enough about The Witcher. Did you do anything new in it this <laughs> I week? Think, I think people are sick of hearing me talking about The Witcher. I don't think but, so. Um, You've got to try and give no, you a chance I, to do some talking every week. <laughs> I think I did a fair amount of talking this week. You did, you did but, a fair uh, amount. No, I, I've, I've, I've still been doing my second playthrough and it's going really nice. I'm taking it slowly, enjoying it a lot more this time because I can. And I'm not taking notes on what I can write lyrics about and <laughs> not having to record every cutscene. And I am actually trying out the Gwent this time, which is Hooray! fucking addictive. Did you guys try out the Gwent? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like for days afterwards in my head was just constantly. It's like. The yeah. sound of my rage. My yeah. I've, I've similarly been I could, It took me so my... long to beat the fucking Baron. <laughs> I've been oh similarly. Oh my god, pl- his car. Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. You go on. <laughs> I was just going to say, I've been similarly plodding away on my second playthrough of Bloodborne this week. Um, I, yeah, what, did nice. it, what did I do? I Just today, I beat Vicar Amelia. Um, so it's now nighttime. I, uh, she, Laura, how did you find her? For me, she was the hardest boss in the entire game. She was the hardest to try and beat, like on bro- um, very straightforward level. Um, I ended up finding yeah. her very easy to do once I realized that, like, okay, stock up on um, Molotovs. Uh, before you yeah, get to yeah. her, you can have Buy the her, yeah, you can have the free version of the uh, the flame spreader. And basically, all I was doing was. Get in quick, heavy attack, get back out, throw mm. molotovs, fire spread, and just repeat. Um, I was using the... What's what's the thing you can use that like powers up your shots? Um, oh, I forget what it's called. It makes your next shot um, from your gun, your next bullet, more powerful. I forget what it's called. I can't remember what it is, but I, I, know, the, I know the, the item. Yeah, you know the, the item I'm on, I'm on about. Yeah. Um, I had a load of them stacked up as well, so when I was using the flame spreader, I just kept pumping those into it. So I was doing more fire damage. Isn't it so unique how they do that in that game that once you use your items, you're fucked? Yes. <laughs> if you use all your items and you die, well, too fucking bad. You're not going to get those items back. Well, it, Most RPGs, yeah. you die and you reload your last save. And it's like, yeah, What's... now you can try again with all your buffs. It's like, no, your buff's gone yeah. now. Fuck you. It's not too bad because the first overworld area that you get to... um like there was a run I could do there where you kill a couple of pigs and some dogs and it's like, oh yeah, that's 15,000 yeah. um, blood vials that you can go and spend on re-kitting up all of your uh, all of your stuff that you used up. But yeah, it's interesting. Vicar, Vicar Amelia has the dubious honor of causing my first physical damage to a PS4 controller ever. Oh, wow. Yeah, I split. I split the side of it open from firing it at the wall after dying to her for like the tenth time. I um, I didn't find Amelia too bad. Uh, it was the it was the bloodstarved beast that was like oh. Amelia. I I was able to get through pretty easily, but the bloodstarved yeah, the blood beast, is the one beast I in like two tries. Isn't it so like, funny how like from games have yeah. different bosses that give everyone different I, troubles? I was just gonna yeah. say I got through the bloodstarved beast fine. My problem, I'm running mm. up ahead uh, my head against at the moment on my second playthrough is the dark um the dark beast pal who he is just really? too fast and too electrical i i die oh. within seconds of getting to him like i know oh, exactly where did, it is did you get laura me. did you get kidnapped yeah i got kidnapped uh you see i never got kidnapped so by the time i got to parl he was a fucking well, pushover in both of my playthroughs like i got to a point where i was like i can't work out how to progress otherwise and i got kidnapped yeah. because i was like i know that will take me somewhere but, new and I can go get an item from there that minor, will let me go do something else. 
minor, minor, minor Bloodborne spoiler here. You know that you don't need to beat Parl to progress. No, I, He's an I know. Optional like, boss. I, yeah. I've beaten a couple of optional bosses, but I want to beat Parl. Yeah. Because all of them. This yeah, is the no, problem. I is once you, I found I a boss, I'm like, I want that boss dead. Um, currently, I've got two different like paths I could be heading down. That I've got like fresh uh, lanterns lit, and I'm like, okay, I can go down one of these, or I can go fight Parl. And I want to fight Parl, mm. but. <laughs> I find Paul like Paul wasn't so bad. The biggest issue with Paul mm. is his intimidation factor, because he is so big. Yeah. Electricity is going all off him. Is this big shaggy hideous werewolf thing? And even beautifully even designed. when I had his pattern down, he's just terrifying. Like he is just so yeah. good at just yeah. psyching out the player. It, like it the is... first time I fought yeah. him, I flaked so bad. Like I was dead yeah. in seconds just because. I was panicking. I was like, I don't know what's going on. This yeah. is so fast and horrible and like, terrifying. The first yeah. time I fought him, like I just didn't register anything he'd done. It was just, yeah. he killed me. That's all that went into my head. Not like, oh, well, I saw he, he did this attack, so maybe if I'd done that, it was just, oh, God, the electric dog skeleton killed me. Ah! Yeah, like, you're still in shock mm. when the you died thing is just fading out. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's a shock. Really, because I, I f- see, I... I found that with Father Gascoigne. That's that was the fight that for me. He just moved so fast and relentlessly that I was like, Father Gascoigne. Father Gascoigne is annoying. Holy like, fuck! He's not too bad um, in his first form, but it's when he becomes the the, the, the mm. werewolf and he has that sort of giant reach on him. It's like, oh fuck! Um, if if you're using the axe, he's a total pushover. Yeah, well, because you can just do the long attack over the gravestones. Yeah, exactly. I eventually worked that out. It was a combination of again, lots and lots of Molotovs. Because he was big and I could hit him with them at that point, and um, the the sort of swirly round, um, like heavy two handed swirl attack, which can get him over the over the gravestones. I've told this story before. Um, I found, I've told it on this this uh, podcast, but for me, Gascoigne was my first boss. Like I didn't mm. get to the cleric beast. And, oh yeah, you fought him first. And yeah, he was my first thing, and so I was bashing my head against a brick wall trying to beat. And you him. hadn't leveled up, had you? I hadn't leveled up because I I hadn't yeah. worked that bit because this was before release and everything. Um, so yeah. I yeah. didn't really and know. And doesn't the cleric beast give you um? It's not n- not technically if you scour everything you can level up before cleric beast. I think but you've got to beat your first most boss. People's, maybe or something. Most people's most people's experience are, are t- will be. There are you- two ways you can get your first insight, as far as I'm aware, which is either f- yeah. seeing your first boss or dying yeah. a certain number of times, and it's a very high number. Yeah. I, I, there is another insight you can get somewhere, but it, it escapes my mind now. You don't have to beat the cleric beast to level up, but ninety nine percent of well, new players who it's their first run will yeah. not. You, you level don't, up I mean, you don't even have to beat him; beast. you just have to see him. Because the first time I yeah. saw him on this second run, it's like, oh god, insight, and then you can power up before you go back and actually try and fight. Yeah, him. I mean, the the problem with yeah. me was I, I, even if I could have leveled up, <coughs> I ended up oh, not me. leveling up. So I was. Yeah. Fighting Gascoigne as this level fucking whatever wow. starting level nobody. <laughs> and I eventually beat him. Wow. I eventually mm. beat him. Um, got myself on level one. I, I think so. Really? I Jesus. think it was. Um, <laughs> I, I don't remember wow. ever it's, leveling up. It's doable yeah. because so long as you are dodging his attacks 
and waiting for the right moment to attack. There's no reason you can't beat him at that level. I mean, it was it was horrible, oh, yeah, and I course. was upset. Like, because I, it's I was just an extreme a, endurance test. Yeah, it was pure attrition. And but the funny thing is, is I eventually accidentally stumbled because I had no real reason to go back down that area. Uh, but I stumbled on the cleric beast and was terrified at first because I was like, "Oh shit! I've seen this one in trailers. This is going to be badass." But by that point, I'd beaten Gascoigne, gone through. I'd been in like old. Um, um, old Yarnum, <laughs> yeah. uh, like all this stuff, and I, I was feeling sorry for the cleric beast by the end of it because it was, it was just pathetic. Like I wiped the floor with mm. the poor bastard. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm going through on my second playthrough. That's going well. Um, that is that has been my like. It's nice to play through that a second time, not thinking about it from a work perspective. Just using it a couple of hours a day as my like. Okay, works out the way. Let's do this for a bit. Um, so yeah, I'm just having a look. Have we got? And it it is oh. honestly, it's, I I still maintain that game is a masterpiece. I, it really, it's one of the best games mm, you will ever ever play. It is and tremendously good from a it, design, world building, and gameplay perspective. It is stunning. Yeah. And it certainly has its moments that it's going to make you want to fucking bang your head through a wall, yes. but. Like, when you finally get past those moments, it's like, yeah! Well, when I first started off, like, I... When you keep running up against bosses and you can't kill them and you feel like you're making zero progress, it is just that moment of, mm. like, why am I playing this, this game. fucking <laughs> game? Why the fuck am I doing it? Yeah. Um, and then you beat one and you're like, oh, I'm making did you, progress again. Did do, you do, guys... Do, do, do. Did you guys have a moment during Bloodborne at all where you felt like you were going to have to just give up and not finish the game? Because for um, me, that was Vicar Amelia. That was I where had, I thought, you know what? I don't know. Vic, I don't Vicar even know if I'm going to finish this game. Within a couple of hours, it wasn't the end of of that. Like for me, honestly, the only oh, you're time, way more patient yeah. than me. For me, the only time I really felt like that was in the run up to the first boss, because I was having so yeah. much trouble getting into the right groove of that game and like yeah. getting over that first hurdle that I thought this game's when, not going to be for me, and I wanted to walk away. I had when my you're moments. used to Dark Souls, you need to learn. Unlearn a few things, don't yes, you? Yes, Bloodborne. Like that was that was the only time I felt like this game might not be achievable was during that first curve where I was like I hadn't found another mm-hmm. lantern. I kept just running straight for that first boss on the bridge, and yeah. it was keep dying, keep dying. I can't yet spend my my insight because I haven't made it across the bridge. I keep getting killed. And had by you the, unlocked well, the well, shortcut to the bridge? Uh, no, I hadn't. <laughs> Ah, yeah, so that's going to make was, you rage, every, every isn't it? Every <laughs> time I was like, Central Yarnum's uh, Lantern, and yeah. it was, okay, run down here, run past the guy, run down the stairs, run past the big fire that they've got the big effigy on, run past that, ignore the big ogre banging on the door, run past the little bit where they've got the dogs, run across the bridge, <laughs> ignore everything on the bridge, there you go, there's the boss. The funny thing is I recognised everything you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just run through the whole mental map in my head. Yes, and that entire yeah. route just... I was doing it and dying within like 30 seconds to a minute every time and then doing my three minute run Fuck. back. And I was just like, Ugh. I could feel the werewolves on the bridge. Those are the, those are the first real fucking challenge in yes. that game, aren't they? And for the longest time, the only way I could beat them at that initial stage was spawn at the lantern on that bridge, um, mm. trigger them and run back through the arch. Run back through the doorway. We've all done that. So that I could kill them through there. I still do it. Like, as leveled up as I am, it's still just the easiest way to deal with it. Like, it's, Mm. you know... I mean, especially on the the new game plus where they're beefed up, so it's like, fuck this noise. Mm. I'm just going to... I'm going back, doing the the door trick again. 
I, I completely forgot about the fact going through this the second time that it's like, oh, when I beat Vicar Amelia, everything gets tougher. Like I started getting slaughtered by pigs and I was like, wait a second, when did they get tougher? <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I did that, didn't I? Should have done some other things before her. <laughs> but anyway, we, we talked about Bloodborne for a well, bit. Well, we've gotten on about Bloodborne yeah. quite a bit, haven't um, we? we yeah. have, not, not the new that. We have one very quick last question. Um, uh, where is the question? Uh, from Hugh Titmus. When is Gavin's song about the slaughtering grounds going to come out? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all know you're working it, on it, it Gav. I honestly, it's that, coming that would out. make my day. <laughs> I have done a deal with uh, Gaben. Uh, it comes out the day after Half-Life 3. <laughs> now, see, when Half-Life 3 actually comes out now, so many people are going to tweet you citing this podcast. People will remember. Here's the people thing. People will remember. Here's the thing. If Half-Life 3 gets announced with a release date, I will do a song about the slaughtering grounds. Oh, the wow. gauntlet has been thrown down. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. There you go. Is, is that a good place? And you can, <laughs> Sorry, go on. You can hold me to that. <laughs> is this a good place to end for this week? I then? think so. I mean, I, we're actually, we ran over time and I'm trying to like, because I've got uh, SGC in a minute. Like I've got um, to oh, yes. uh, get sorry, ready, get packed, sorry, get sorted. Sorry about that. Hey, Jim, uh, when's, your, yeah, when's your live show? Right, yeah. That, uh, Jimquisition Live will be at SGC in Frisco, Texas on uh, Friday night. Uh, that'll be 7 p.m. Texas time. I'm not sure nice. what that translates to anywhere else. Oh, wait, but... no. what's that in Irish time? It's about 12 midnight, I think. Yeah, that seems doable. Yeah. So, so watch him, Europeans. We've no excuse. It'll be live streamed. Is it going to be broadcast? Yep, it's going to be live streamed. It's going to be filmed. They say they've got professional filming stuff going on. Uh, I'm going to get a copy oh. of it, and I'll be releasing the full live show as uh, as a Jimquisition uh, episode, as an and... extra episode. Um, and you'll be you'll be tweeting out the live stream as well, I presume. Presumably, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm hoping to get the details so that I can announce everything and then so everyone knows. What's and what's the setup for it? Are you going to like? Um, is it like you take questions from the audience or? I don't. Know. You don't know yet. And I'm terrified. <laughs> and yeah. One thing I got to do is go pick up my prescription for my anxiety medicine so I can just mainline it yeah. until Friday night. Well, what? <laughs> What what I said to Jim this week was if if all else fails, William Defoe sex fantasy. Is anyone who anyone who is at the Escapist Expo who saw our panel knows Jim's William Defoe sex fantasies are literally the greatest thing that humanity has ever seen. Fine. If 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 everything goes wrong, just drop me and Gavin a tweet, and we will we will send you some helpful hints, which yes, will mainly will... be like uh, try not to shit yourself and stuff like that. We'll talk over you. Yeah, we'll, we'll Skype um, in and talk over you on the panel. I have a plan. If I don't, ha if I don't come up with a better idea, I have an idea for the show. Um, I mean, there's definitely going to be um, a lot of Q and A I want to do because I like Q and A. So there'll definitely be some of that. Um, it just comes down to whether I'm going to do an entire audience participation show or if I'm going to do half an hour of a subject and half an hour audience participation. I've not decided yet. Um, I will most likely come up with that. 20 minutes before it before i'm on the stage mm. that's that's the best way to do <laughs> also all jim panels. jim bring them bring them a copy of tired and fettered by the cardiacs and get them to play that over the pa as you're coming on that'll get you psyched <laughs> that would be awesome and um, suitably freak out the audience yeah that would upset everyone i might just play that on a loop throughout the entire show like louder than yes. my microphone volume <laughs> Um, just a really upset. <laughs> <everybody>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Okay, that that's good for us. Um, Laura, how will people find out more stuff, especially now that you've ruined your podcast career by acknowledging Stephen Rawlings? How can yeah. people find out the other stuff you do? Well, you know, if you want to find the other stuff I do, it's Laura K. Buzz on pretty much everything. So Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Patreon, iTunes, but you shouldn't go there because, you know, I ruined my podcasting career, and on YouTube. Um, Other than that, you can find me on Destructoid Monday to Friday doing UK newsy things. You can find me on Polygon doing reviews, and you can find me on The Guardian doing interviews. So, yeah, that's my stuff. Awesome. And Gavin, you do the musics. People need to listen to the musics. I do do the musics. I do, and come follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound, but also come follow my YouTube channel, which has all the musics on it, and did, wait till you get this, in the last 29 days, did 3,539,523 views in the last 29 days. Like, holy shit, that's the best month ever, so thank you so much to everyone for doing, for looking at that. So, and I think Siri song had a lot to do with that. So that was a really good song. So I, I thank you, especially to Aileen, because so she I, fucking I, rocked I take that back song. What I said this. All right. Hey, <laughs> that is an episode we done. Thank you very was. much. <laughs> Bye <laughs> to the people. Yeah. Goodbye, Bye, everyone. everyone. Uh, hope I see you in Texas or something. My fucking dog's being a dickhead again. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll see y'all in those of you who are going to SGC. I'll see you in Texas. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you're around Friday night, tune into the live stream. I'll be surely sharing details of that as and when I know them. Uh, until then, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.